It's another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, D.B. Sidhu. It's been a few weeks, but we're back with another uh, great interview. Joining me in studio today, Mike Parson, Director of Equipment Services for the Houston Texans. He likes to be called the Equipment Guy. Mike, welcome, and I haven't had you for a while on, on our podcast. I know. It's been about four years, I think. I think it has, and you know what? A lot's changed with your job duties since the last time I spoke with you. So let's, for the people listening who don't know, what does your job entail? What's your job function include? Who's on your staff? What do you do here? Okay. First off, uh, obviously, the, the one thing everybody knows that I do is as far as equipment and uniforms for all the players. But we also have to outfit every coach, every staff member, every doctor, everybody. So I have to outfit probably around, I think, about 200 people right now. Wow. And uh, right now my staff – I like to call them my coworkers, uh, Ryan Gowans, Kyle Kamau, Pat Coleman. Then I have a gang of interns that help me. Uh, we're getting ready for training camp right now. All of our Nike shipments are coming in, and we're just getting it all marked and getting ready for when everybody gets back from vacation. So when you say outfit, you mean the guys on the sideline, that's how they look so uniform. So they look like they're not just exactly. random people walking around. You want everyone to look very uniform. like they're- Everyone has to be uniformed. Uh, we have rules. Uh policies that the NFL has in place that we have to buy by. Obviously, Nike is our big partner, and we have to fulfill whatever initiatives week in and week out that they have for us. Like, we have a lot of initiatives this year, especially with this being the 100-year anniversary of the NFL. Uh, the Week one, you'll see all teams wearing what they call a platinum series. So we got those in yesterday. We're getting it marked up. Platinum series. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's uh everything's pretty much white and uh uh so first week everybody will look uniform. So uh you know, we got uh the one hundred year, we got uh crucial catch, we have salute to service, we have what we call our local uh weekend where we wear uh I think it was a big hit last year, uh H Town hoodies. And stuff like that. I saw those, and a lot of people were actually asking the red hoodies that said H Town. Did you have those specially made for the team, or those were sent by the league? Uh, Nike, uh, they were going to do uh, Bulls on Parade, but I told them that I thought uh, if we were going to do a local deal, that H Town would be better, that the city of Houston identifies better with H Town. And it was a big hit. Uh, it was a big hit, yeah. Yeah. I can take credit for that, but I won't. <laughs> Feel free to send me one too. If there's a, so you so you work on those sort of initiatives to you know for the team. Yeah. To, okay. So, so one of the luxuries and great, uh, I guess, advantages of my job is I do work with Nike. I do get to visit their headquarters and get to get input with them. And we do a lot of testing for Nike and other uh, partners in the NFL. So we get to get our input and feedback and a lot of the new technology that you see on the field. Uh, especially with the helmets and all that. Uh, usually in the past, equipment managers were seen as the people that wash all the clothes and stuff, but <laughs> we we have a pretty big... You still do a lot of that we too, do, right? Oh, that's that's Because that's, people ask me, they're like, so do the players have to take their jerseys home? And I said, no, no, that's all. They take everything off as soon as they walk off the practice yeah, field. We, everything that they wear, we, we get it processed, washed, and put back in their lockers so they're ready to go the next day. But the biggest thing that we... Uh, we're part of now is the safety aspect of the game. Uh, we've we've seen a big uh, improvement in uh, uh, injury rates concussion-wise, and uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, – 
the newer technology in the helmets. Uh, back in the day, we used to fit players with helmets and then we'll uh, adjust it with air. Now, we have helmets that are more custom fit that they come in and they uh, get a 3D scan of the player's head and then they do a custom print, a 3D print. So that so, it really molds to their head exactly. perfectly. Yeah, so these helmets are not custom. Obviously, with that comes a cost, but uh, philosophy of our organization is we won't spare an expense to protect our players. So this we, may be this may be a dumb question, but let's say a player gets fitted for the helmet, and then they cut their hair, or something that, else happens that alters the shape or the size of their head. How do you manage something like that? Actually, that that is not a dumb question because when all of this started uh, becoming a thing, uh, that was the questions we had. What if a player has dreads and then he cuts them and Will the helmet still fit? Well, when they fit them for these, uh, when they scan them for the helmet, they put this scuba type uh, cap on their head that actually gets it down to the almost basically their scalp. Uh, but there, there has to be a significant change in a head shape for it not to fit custom anymore. Would you say that's the most? I know your job entails so many things, but would you say that's the most important part of your job? Is Absolutely. just hard, uh, talking about the safety because I know you don't just do that for our players; you do that outside of the organization too. Yes. You talk about safety. Uh, that that is one of the biggest things, and uh, because I felt like, you know, a couple of years ago, our game was kind of on attack. Uh, you know, the last thing you want to hear is parents say they don't want their child to play football because of the injury. Uh, injuries that they can sustain but like i said our partners w- with the helmet companies they've done a good job of uh advancing the technology and making it safer uh the nfl and nflpa uh have gotten with uh, uh biocore out of the university of virginia to not only test uh linear impacts of helmets but rotational uh forces that you know players sustain during the game uh, and that has been revolutionary to our game to see I mean every helmet that a player in NFL is wearing has been tested in that lab and each year to each spring they come out with a helmet chart that ranks the helmets from best to worst and even to the point where there are some helmets that are prohibited from use in the NFL now. So there are different types of helmets that players use right? There are yes. slight differences. There, there are huge differences like uh the number one helmet. Like, on. how do players decide what? I mean, is it by position? Is it just player preference? How do, how does a player determine which helmet they want to use? It is player. Uh, like, why preference. wouldn't everybody just use the best? I guess is that, what I'm getting that, at. That's that's a good question. Uh, it is player preference. Something. Uh, one of the biggest things I combat with the players is the mirror test. The first thing want they want to do is look in the mirror and see how they look. But, uh, <laughs> Vanity the, still ranks high yeah, for players, right? <laughs> and but the biggest thing is with uh, with all in a with all the information and data that we collect, uh, it, I mean, it shows overwhelmingly that these helmets are so much better. So the players now, they, they've gone away from worrying about the way it looks to making sure that they are in a very adequate helmet. Uh, there was a company out of Seattle called Vices. They won like a grant or something like that with a head health challenge. And their people that developed their, their helmet are not football people. They're all in the pharmaceutical or the medical field. Sure. And they came up with the idea of let's look at how the car bumper has improved over the years. You know, back in the day, your car bumper was, it didn't give. And your helmet didn't give either. Now, 
with the vice's helmet it's a flexible shell that absorbs all the impact and disperses that energy away from the player's head so they they definitely help up the game and the other companies have up their game as well so that was one thing when when we realized that you know that the game needed to be safer we were worried about having the equipment uh on the market to uh put our players in better stuff but uh that is not an issue now mike talk to me about practices you've got like a lot of guys that i mean they help you out with equipment but they're also yeah. helping the team out there when yeah. they're practicing i see them out there catching passes throwing passes yeah uh our guys, we really have to be in good physical shape because we're playing receiver, we're playing center, <laughs> running back, um, whatever else they need us to do. But uh, we have to be able to throw, catch, run routes, uh, anything we can do to to help move, move the flow of practice good is what we do. We're, we're the chain guys. I operate the clock, kind of follow Coach O'Brien around, you know, kind of help us keep, keep on schedule and stuff like that. So we, we play a – a pretty big part in the practice aspect of it. Kyle, Kyle, he, him and Pat, they, they run around uh, catching routes for Deshaun and snapping to him. They have to know the snap count. Like it, it is. Important. Do they get yelled at if they don't? Oh, yeah. They do. Like, yeah. If, if you say like, because, you know, we, we like smart people. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't have tolerance I, for people that, yeah. That are going to slow things down around here. Yeah, the biggest thing is I, I think Coach always says smart, tough, and dependable. That includes us as well. You, I mean, you, we have to know snap counts because we're doing seven on seven. We can't be having mitts up with Kyle not snapping the ball to Deshaun when he when he needs it. And uh, you got to be tough because in this heat in Houston, you you have to be able to survive that. Uh, and luckily, Lad, our nutritionist, makes sure my guys have a healthy diet as well because. We do. It, it, it's a really physically demanding job. It's very grueling, everything very that you guys grueling. have to do, on top of what you normally do. do. Exactly. Because so, I've seen Kyle out there with the, the media lined up. He's catching passes from yeah. Deshaun, and the passes are all over the place. Yeah. Like he's getting in a full workout. Yeah. And that's a high-pressure situation when yeah, everybody in the media is watching you. Not only just the, the players, but the, you got the um, – I mean, not just the media. You got the players. The you players got are the coaches watching. as well. It's like <laughs> – if Deshaun throws a perfect ball and you drop it, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Poor. Yeah, well, you know what? Their hand-eye coordination is definitely going to improve. I want to ask you about, we were talking about packing. What about London? How is that going to work? That's the first time we've gone overseas. Yes. Uh, so we we did the Mexico City trip uh, about two years ago, which was, I would say, an easier trip for us because it was just a two-and-a-half-hour flight. But the, going across the pond, as they call it, is going to be a little bit more challenging being that uh, – we're going to have to ship some things on a container ship uh, in August to get there in time. And also, uh, we're going to be uh, have to think about potentially a practice, uh, walkthrough, whatever. Luckily, uh, you know, the NFL does this pretty much every year, multiple times a year. It's, they have a pretty good system in play for us. But it's our first time. It's a little nervous, but uh, we just have to trust that everything we do uh, communication amongst departments and uh, planning is going to get us through that. Get over that. Get us. I imagine you're picking the the, the brains of the Jaguars quite a bit. Yes, you ja- probably have good contacts with other yeah, teams. Yeah. Uh, the good thing is, uh, pretty much throughout the league, all equipment managers, we're all pretty good friends. Uh, we all understand that we all do the same thing. We're not competing against each other. We're not going to give you all of our secrets, 
but uh, I can call my friend up in Philly, Greg. He he went last year. Called my guy in Seattle, Eric. He went last year, and they they pretty much told me how they did things. And you know, there are some things that you just pick and, uh, from those guys. Yeah, it's, at least there's a blueprint in place yes, for absolutely. traveling to London. So that's going to be your big challenge in 2019. Absolutely. 2019 is the big challenge is London. Uh, but like I say, uh, any task they give us, we're, we're prepared to uh, perform it. Uh, the good thing, like I said, uh, working with Coach, uh, whatever he wants to do, uh, we're going we're gonna to accomplish it. It's just the, the only thing is there's some things that are out of your control when you travel internationally like that, and that's customs, you know, Normally, when we land in the city, we're offloading that plane right then and there. When we go to London, everything has to go through customs. That's about a three or four hour Ooh, process. Right. And, but uh, you know, uh, we everybody knows that. Coach knows that. So we'll we'll get everything formulated as far as itinerary and all that different stuff to make sure we accommodate that time for customs to do that thing. Have you checked out Wembley Stadium? Have you ever been there? I have not been there. Uh, there was a group that went uh, earlier in April, I think. Uh, I was not there because I had to go to the drafts the following week. So um, that's another thing I do. Is what do you do at the draft? I uh, So myself and Kyle, my assistant, we are the table reps for our organization. So we're we're the ones that uh, whenever they tell us who – who to write down on the card? I write it down and turn it into the league. You write it down, yeah, and you turn it into the league. Yep. Is and that just because you are you, or for most teams, is it, it people in in your position? Do we that? we did we actually did like a photo this year in Nashville, which was a great host city, by the way. Okay. Uh, we did a, a equipment manager photo, and it was like twenty something equipment really? guys there this year doing the uh, doing draft, and uh, it's it's a really cool experience. Uh, you get to otherwise I wouldn't know what's going on but uh, it's one of those things where you know I hear a lot of things and my lips are sealed never be told <laughs> and uh, it's cool that the organization trusts you enough to let you be the rep for them to put in that is very uh, cool one of the most important nights of the organization that you get to write down the name and turn it in get to write it down turn it in yeah how many years have you been doing that, that uh, this past year was my second year okay yep so first year I was terrified <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely What's terrified. there to be scared of? You they tell you the name, you write well, it down. I feel like you've done more daunting things exactly, with your job. But it's like it's one of those things where it was a lot of unknown for me. So, you know, I show up in Dallas and luckily well, I don't I won't say luckily, but uh we didn't have a first or second round pick, so I got to get a feel for it. <laughs> That's but a good warm by up. By the for time you. we were you always worry about writing down the wrong name or uh, just, Or hearing something wrong. Or the nightmare we had this year where the phones all just cut off. Oh, the phones cut off this yeah, year at yeah. the draft. We we had an issue where the phones just completely dropped. Uh, luckily, we do have cell phones. So, but it was I, I think it happened like five picks before we were about to pick, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, did they just hang up on us? <laughs> so, so we we called up Coach O'Brien. Was like, hey, the phones out, and everybody was just in a front scrambling. Like, yeah, it was. Luckily, we were. We were about five picks out, so. Well, got, from the outside got, looking in, it looks like smooth sailing. It is. Yeah, I mean, like no one sees all this behind the scenes stuff. But, but that's like the duck. The duck is calm above the surface, but he's <laughs> paddling underneath. 
You are the duck in the pond. I am the if duck. You, that's, a perf- that's a perfect description I have you. a good poker face. <laughs> you, you definitely do. Definitely do. Let's talk about your typical work week because right now I know you're gearing up for the season, but once the season hits, you are busy every single day. So walk me through what a typical game week sort of looks like for you. So uh, the biggest thing for us, game week, it usually starts as soon as the game is over. And usually it's, all right, let me see who traded jerseys. Oh, because this now impacts this your is, job. Oh, big time. This is, this <laughs> is a big thing. And uh, we can uh, attribute this to soccer. I think yes. World Cup, uh, players seeing guys swapping their jerseys right it, on the field. It's cool for fans and people in the media to see, but is this a huge headache for you because you got to keep track of jerseys and who gave away what? I wouldn't say it's a headache. I would say it's more of a nightmare <laughs> because – and the reason why. Why is that? Why can't you just replace the jersey? Well, here's the deal. I know that everybody think that we have the unlimited amount of jerseys available to the players, which. We, we don't? We no. kind of don't, but we really? kind of do. Okay. And uh, so as soon as the game is over with, I'm trying to figure out who traded. And I automatically know that everybody wants to Sean Watson's jersey. So I'll order adequate amount of jerseys for him at the beginning of the year. Most people want Hopkins jersey. Sure. Uh, a lot of people want JJ jersey, but JJ loves his jersey a certain way, so he don't he don't really trade it. He'll send him another jersey. Okay. Um, but the issue that comes in play is if you have a short week, a Thursday night game, and you're wearing that same uniform. We had this issue probably about three years ago. We were going on the road, and I received the jersey the morning we left. Oh, so that's wow. the, that's why I said that's a little back. stressful. It's very stressful, and we have a backup jersey for everyone. So, yeah, I was gonna say in the worst case scenario, they're gonna go out in something yeah. with their name on it. Wor- worst case scenario, we have a jersey. It may not be exactly how they like it. Exactly, and the thing is, we always want to have the exact replica of a jersey for a player available, just in case. I don't know if you saw. I was going to bring up DeAndre Hopkins one game where his jersey was torn and hanging off his body. Like, are you thinking about instances like that? Do they have time to even change? I guess if it's, if it's in the we, first half, we could have tra- we could have changed it, but he did not want. He he loved he the liked way it. Fit. He got a lot of publicity for that. Loved, I, I kind of liked that. Trust me, Nike. I had a message from Nike as soon as I got on the bus. You talking about the game in Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah. It was before I even got on the plane. I had a I had Nike people calling me. Because what were they They were probably not they, happy? Well, they were worried that it was a issue with them. Okay. With the jersey, but it really wasn't. My it man, was more an issue. My man Hop. <laughs> <laughs> he had quite a few defenders hanging on him, so yeah, I think they, that was proof of that. Yeah, he he took the scissors to the jersey before the game, and then the guys, they were they were holding him. But, uh, oh, I see. Okay. But through that experience, we were able to develop a jersey for him that now he don't have to cut it anymore. So – that's one of the. So, things. what does he cut exactly? Is he giving himself a little bit of space in there? A little space under his arms, basically. And every 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 player on the team have a, a certain way they like their jerseys, and I don't have a life, so I know how they want them. And uh, I work with my seamstress; she does a good job of whatever specification they like them. Like Deshaun likes his jersey really tight, and he's probably the only quarterback in the league where it takes two equipment managers to put a shoulder pads on him <laughs> because it's really, really tight. And he needs it really tight. It's probably good for him, for, yeah. for his game. I can see why it's – for him, it's – people might think it's a vanity thing, but I would think no, also no, it's harder it. to grab onto him exactly. when there's not a jersey floating around. Yeah, but 
it's tight in his body, but he has enough uh, space in, in the arms for mobility. For, for his arm. To, exactly. Okay. So we work with Nike, and we got that right. They love it. But uh, that's that's the only thing about uh, the jersey trade is okay. you, you worry about getting the product in, getting another jersey in. So after the game, you, you do your mental inventory of what jerseys you have, what jerseys you don't have, and then – what happens? You send them away to magically get washed yeah, so, and cleaned for the next game? Yeah, so the like I said, that's a myth that players get new jerseys every game. That's not true. Uh, my staff, they do a very good job of meticulously. I mean, you ought to see these guys. They're in there with scissors cutting threads that people don't see. Wow. Uh, taking double-sided tape and getting whatever little marks off the fabric to make it look brand new. We press them with our heat press. And people see me in there with a lighter sometimes going to them just to make sure that the fabric, if it's frayed, that uh, it, we, we just want it to look good. That, I think this is why people think that, because they do look like brand new jerseys every single week when yeah. they run out there. But that's a testament to your staff to make Absolutely. these they, dirty I, looking jerseys look like brand new in just a week's time. Yeah, that's and, and that, that's our motto really and truly is we don't we don't do this for credit. We We have a pride of the work that we do and we want game day to be as smooth as possible for the players and coaches. So all they have to do is just concentrate on playing the game. They don't have to worry about anything. And that's part of my job is one, when we go on the road, getting everything there for every department, whether it's uh, the equipment department, the video department, the athletic training room, operations, the nutrition, uh, weight staff, anything, uh, PR staff, anything that needs to go on the road, I'm basically in charge of getting it to whatever city we're going to. So you take all those jerseys, you get them ready for the next game. What happens during the week with practice? Because practice, you've got they've got their practice shells, they've yeah. got their shorts. They've sometimes they wear their jersey, their pads. Yeah. So we were we have practice jerseys that we wear. So that 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 doesn't really impact us. But each week, it's a routine for us. Mondays, if we're on the road, you know, I'm calling the visiting city clubhouse manager. I'm calling the equipment guy just to confirm that we're in whatever color jersey we're supposed to be in. And uh, then on Tuesday is communicating with the airline, uh, the weights, what what we're going to be traveling with underneath the plane, uh, making sure that trucking is lined up because we truck a lot of stuff to the uh, opposing city now. So it's just a lot of logistical stuff, a lot of communication with the staff. Uh, different departments to make sure everybody's on the same page. What are you trucking to the games other than just the gear that the players are wearing? So, believe it, believe it or not, uh, we spend a lot of time packing up stuff that we may need that we never touch. Our motto is better to need and not uh, better to need and have than having not have and need. This sounds like my packing motto because I take everything with me when I go on trips. I butchered that. <laughs> Everyone makes. I know. I know what you mean, though. <laughs> I want to better say that to, again. And I, and I don't even want. I don't even want to attempt it. Better to. Better to. Better to have and not need than to need and not. Have. And not have it. That's there what, you go. That's what. No, I, I totally. Say. I I totally co uh, co sponsor that method of packing. Yeah. So what does that include? Ooh, everything. Uh, any type of t-shirt, any type of bubble gum, any type of shoes, shower shoes, cleats. We have extra cleats, uh, detached cleats in case we're on a grass field and the surface is not as good. Uh, if there's a possibility of rain, even if there's not a possibility of rain, we bring everything with us. 
uh, cold weather. Yeah, I was going to say cold weather games. You have to pack all the winter gear because yep. you don't know what it's going to be like on the sidelines exactly. for Co- everybody. For everybody. Uh, that's for coaches, staff, players. We we have all kinds of hot packs. We, you know, I, I picked some of my counterparts in the cold weather cities because we, we had the luxury of planning an indoor facility every week for home games. So, you know, I have my friends up in Philly and stuff like that that are give me some of their tips that they use. But we try to think of everything, try to make the player comfortable, but don't uh, mess with their performance. Okay. So in your talking about packing, I can't help but think about the Greenbrier and how just a few years ago, I remember seeing you start taking inventory early on about everything that needed to go up to the Greenbrier because you really just had to move almost the entire facility there, right? Pretty much. Um, Were you in charge? Well, you were in charge of like the weight room, like a lot of the machines went up there as well? Yes. So everything that uh, came from NRG Stadium to the Greenbrier, uh, I had to get it up there. And um, thank God we have a good uh, relationship with Jetco because we took semis full of gear for every department I, up there. I mean, I remember seeing all the semi-trucks. Yes. It seemed like we basically emptied out the stadium into those trucks. Pretty much. And you have to have it up there because you're moving the entire operation. And if somebody needs something, you got to have it. Right, there's no there's no running out to the store no, over no, there. There's no, hey. Uh, the NFL store for equipment. Because yeah, you, you're isolated up there in the beautiful mountains of West Virginia. Was that stressful for you? The first year was very stressful because you just didn't know what to expect. But uh, last year was so much easier because – you know, we had one year of being up there on our belt. We knew everybody up there. You knew what they had up there and what Absolutely. you were going to need. Absolutely. And uh, I enjoyed going up there because the weather was beautiful. You did? I thought you would be like me, one of the few people just so happy to not have to move up there for Oh, trust weeks. me, I'm happy we're not going back up there. But <laughs> I did develop a relationship with some people up there. And I love golfing. And they have world-class golfing They do. There. They do. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a place I'm going to go vacation but is that not, right? But now you don't have to pack six semi trucks no. to get there. And and the biggest thing <laughs> is, I actually have a summer now, because used to I would only take one week off the Fourth of July week, because it's just so much to get packed up, and just thinking about once you get there, you you already up there. Now you're thinking about getting back, because once you get up there, you got to get it back. You got to go to Kansas City. And, play and we a game. didn't even just come straight back no. because the first year we went to Carolina, played, then went back. Went back. And then Last we... year was Kansas City. So then mm-hmm. you have to figure out what goes back to Houston because obviously you don't need all the machines and the exactly. weights and stuff. And so you've got to basically, there's a fork in the road with the equipment Absolutely. after it comes back. So what I did last year was I was like, you know, we're going to play in Kansas City. So what I do is, me and my guys, all of our game trunks that we normally take on the road with us. We left here in Houston, and uh, my clubhouse manager and my trucker, they packed everything up on the truck, and I watched them with my checklist via FaceTime. and <laughs> Checked everything off? Checked everything off the list, and then that truck met us in Kansas City. And while we were playing the game, all the semis that were at the Greenbrier that was getting loaded on the last day, they were being unloaded here because – when we get back from Kansas City, we need to be able to walk into the facility. And have it set up and ready and to go. it's ready to go. Like, 
everything needs to be leapfrogging. There's no lag time. So, do you have nightmares about forgetting stuff? Because I always have this where I'm on my way to the airport and I'll go through a mental checklist of what I could have forgotten, which seems pointless because at that point I'm not going to turn around and get it. But do you ever like worry? Does this keep you up at night? Like I may have forgotten something really important. No, it. it my first couple years it did, but when you have such a good group of coworkers, teammates like I have, they though when I tell you the guys that I work with, they take pride in what they do, and uh, we have so many good processes that we do, and we we really prepare. Like I mean, I was gonna say you have to be highly highly organized. Yeah. Are you just a Type A personality outside of your job? You've got to be, Mike. Yes, there is I, no way that you could do this job and not be organized. I like organization, but <laughs> but you have to be able to adapt because in this business, you don't know what's going to happen. Sure. And it's always a high-pressure situation. Say, like, we have a helmet malfunction during the game, like a, a equipment break. You have to get that fixed because you don't want the player to miss more than the play. It could be a critical part of the game. So we have backups to pretty much everything. And – um that's the only thing really and truly that keeps me up is something happening during the game. Leaving something, it really doesn't keep me up because I feel like we prepare we, we prepare for that all week. So, it, you know, we got a good routine down. The one, the one time that I can remember probably you were really stressed out, uh, the hurricane. Hurricane Harvey, we had just come back from Greenbrier for just a few days, went back to New Orleans for yep. those joint practices, and then instead of coming back after the preseason game – Got rerouted to Dallas. Yes. So how do you prepare? I mean, I know, and and the and the strange thing to me is that you were in New Orleans when Katrina hit. Yep. So you helped a, a displaced team for an entire season. A whole year. A whole year. So, t- talk to me about that. The challenges so, of of something like that hitting. So when we were in New Orleans, you know, you hear about Harvey, and you had conflicting reports about whether it was going to be strong, what was going to happen. But uh, what I did was. Uh, through my experiences being in New Orleans, what I did was I, I kind of knew that if we were going to go anywhere, we were going to go to Dallas. You did know that. I heard through the grapevine. Okay. So okay. what I did was I called my trucking company, and I was willing to take the 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 beat down if we didn't have to go. Um, I called them and asked them to send two trucks to Dallas. And uh, one of our interns that was back here, uh, Ray, I asked him to go into the equipment room and pack up all the practice jerseys that we had there and ship it to Dallas. And if we didn't have to go there, I had already made my mind up that I was going to drive to Dallas to pick the jerseys up and then come right back. But uh, come to find out, we're playing the preseason game, and I go in the locker room with about five minutes to go in the game, and some of our executives were in there, and they were like, hey, we're going to Dallas. And I was like, okay, let me call my truckers. They was like, you have trucks in Dallas? I was like, yeah. I'm they like, were already there. Yeah. Your trucks were already there. I was willing to take the beat down, like I said, because. Mike, you deserve a raise after that. That's tremendous. Because what would you. Can what would talk it... to Cal? <laughs> I will talk to Cal. <laughs> Cal, you don't really know me, but I'd like to ask a raise, not on my behalf. Oh, Cal knows me. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. I don't think he knows me like that, asking for a raise for you. But no, that's. Oh, I, so I didn't know any of this. So you, you sort of pre-planned that yep. things went awry. When you, Before we even went to New Orleans, where the it was the hurricane was still developing yes, at that point. I just through my experiences living in New Orleans, I knew that it's better to just err on the side of caution. So, I, like I said, I was willing. 
if if we needed to go to Dallas, I needed to have those trucks there. And they needed to leave at a certain time just to get out. So made the call secretly. Like I said, I was willing to take the beat down. But uh, ended up paying off because having those trucks there allowed us, when we canceled the game, we were able to get everything loaded up, get in the motorcade, and come on back home. That's right. You guys were able to practice. So the stuff that was with us in New Orleans, you were worried because there were there were no trucks leaving New Orleans, or uh, were, you were worried they would not get there in time. All of uh, I was worried about getting the trucks out of Houston. Oh, out of Houston. Yeah. To come to okay. Yeah. So we, me and the trucking company, the owner called me and was like, "Hey, we need to make a call. If we're gonna do this, we got to do it now." And I told him, "Go ahead." Wow. And and the thing about being an equipment manager. <laughs> You, you also have to be a little bit of a meteorologist, too, right? you got to foresee well, any weather issues that may come up. Coach O'Brien jokes about my meteorology skills. <laughs> Does he really? <laughs> Does he just ask you what the weather's going to look like, especially for practices and stuff well, out here? Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll mention to him, hey, there's rain in the forecast, and he'll say, here we go, the meteorologist. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's one thing is um, I always tell people that my job is to solve problems. Because players come to me with problems, people in the organization come to me with problems, and that's that's basically what I try to do. And it's a lot of think, it's a lot of forward thinking. Like, you know, when the game is started, I'm already thinking about the next week. I'm like, okay, this game is going. My guys are. Sometimes I'm in my office at the halftime, contacting people if we're traveling for the next game. For the next game, you talk about players really getting. Um talking to you about their problems. How well have you gotten a chance to know the players through what you do? Because I remember on Hard, was it Hard Knocks? Yeah, Hard Knocks. That JJ, I think, I want to say he gave you a shout-out for his nap, his little nap area. Yeah. Um, because he made sure, you made, you always made sure the sheets were clean when he wanted to take a nap because other people were always using it. But I imagine you really get a chance to get to know the players well. Yeah. I'm, There's a trust there. Well, I'm pretty much the first person they see when they walk in and the last one when they leave. So the equipment room is right there. And... um the one thing we try to do is we try to provide a positive environment for the guys. This is a high-pressure job. Like the NFL is the most competitive business in the in the world, and these guys, they, I mean, they they have so much. That's the coaches, players, and you know that's why I respect players and coaches so much because they they really put in a lot of work that people don't see on a weekend week out basis. So what we try to do is provide them with a positive environment. Where if they do want to come by and just take a load off, they understand that they, you know, we're not worried about the game. Like, we're worried about the game, but when the players walk in on Monday morning, whether we win or lose, the biggest thing with our organization is we talk about turning the page. We turn the page very quick because you got the next one coming up. And the service we provide for our players and coaches, it doesn't change whether we win or lose. Like I tell my guys all the time, this is a zero-fail mission. We have to do our job. Whether we win or lose, we have to do our job. And uh, the players depend on us. The coaches depend on us. And uh, we take pride in that. All right, good stuff. Mike Parson, Director of Equipment Services for the Houston Texans. You do do a lot. I learned a lot through this interview. Thank you so much, Mike. That's a lot more. There's <laughs> a lot more. We don't part have two. Time. <laughs> I was like, you need you need to come back for a part two. Is that a deal? That's a deal. All right. As long as Omar says, okay. (laughs) We'll get it cleared with PR. Thanks so much. Mike Parson with the Houston Texans. 
That's going to do it for us. And uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, D.P. Sidhu. Uh, be sure to check out the mobile app. Download it if you get a chance. You can check out the podcast as well. iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. So thanks, as always, for listening. And go Texans.